What's up, Myco family? Welcome to the Microtrophic Podcast, a weekly conversation series cultivating a culture for cultivators. Designed for the passionate enthusiast, master mycologist, healers growing their own medicine, and psychonauts alike, this podcast is for mind, body, spirit, and mushroom. If this is your first time listening, consider subscribing for future episodes. Also, if you like what you hear today, make sure to share with your family and friends. Also, you can leave us a positive review on whatever platform you're listening on, whether that be Apple iTunes Music or Spotify. Now, with that said, let's get into it. What's going on, Myco family? Microtrophic here. Welcome back to the Microtrophic Podcast, where together we are going to grow in mind, body, spirit, and mushroom. Today's episode, we're going to cover, and I'm going to call this episode probably Tub Talk. If you guys have seen any of my YouTube videos, those are my most popular and most viewed videos where I just sat in front of a tub and I talked about, you know, conditions and things of that nature. So today we're going to do Tub Talk, at least episode one for the, for the podcast. And we're going to focus primarily on maxing yields and FAE or free air exchange. All right. But with that said, let's get right into it. We're going to start our show today with shout outs and reviews. This is the segment where you guys can leave a five-star review or ask a question via the DMs on Instagram. You guys can follow me at Microtrophic. Also, you can find me at Microtrophic Podcast. Send me a question and I will either review your question, make an episode about it, actually what, what we're doing today, or if you leave a five-star review on iTunes, I will read your review and give you a shout out there. Today, there's no five-star reviews, no new ones on iTunes. So I went to and added, uh, asked a poll or threw a poll up on the Instagram and asked, what do you guys want to hear as far as podcast topics and things of that nature? So today, we're giving a shout out to Contam Connoisseur. He left a um, suggestion for science slash theory behind maxing yields and FAE. So today we're making this episode directly geared towards just that. I know a lot of you guys are tub growers at heart, still a tub grower myself too. Haven't ran one in months, but doesn't mean I won't in the future. Uh, of course, I'm doing mostly bags now, all bags, but it doesn't mean I don't know how to rock a tub anymore. And I still got the spice. So that means I still got the sauce. And I'm going to share some of that with you guys today. So buckle up. And if you guys haven't already, go ahead. If you support this podcast, leave a five-star review on iTunes. Also, shout outs to everybody listening on Spotify. We are just at 99 reviews or um, positive um, reviews back on Spotify, which is really cool. So thank you for that. All righty. So first and foremost, I want to talk about a concept. This concept is going to be probably one of the most important, you know, uh, yeah, I'd say probably the most important uh, overall concept when it comes to your grow and that is momentum. Now I would say there's like subcategories of the momentum that you want to keep within the grow. And a lot of that has to do with sterility. If you have a happy, clean culture, it's going to, from the time it goes from, you know, the plate as a culture, whether that be liquid culture also, but mostly on the plate, to the bag where it's colonized or jar colonizing your grain. If it's happy, clean, you know, devouring and metabolizing these grains in a good way, it's going to move on to, you know, 
being in your substrate, which hopefully was pasteurized correctly, sterilized correctly. And then when it's colonizing your substrate and it's in good conditions, which we're going to talk on the field capacity of substrate, how that lends to moisture and things of that nature. But ultimately we're going to talk about like, you know, all the factors that I believe are pertinent to understanding and really like maxing your yields for, you know, the best momentum all the way from culture to harvest. All right. So we're going to start with momentum. So the reason and importance behind this, this concept really came from back when I was in cannabis and I was growing cannabis and you know, I've grown in commercial, you know, recreational cannabis before, um, family friends have grown before I've grown before I've worked in, you know, um, spaces with 200 plants in a room, five rooms, we're talking like a couple hundred lights, you know, huge HVAC systems. And what it ultimately came down to when I learned from my cannabis mentors was that for you to get a good end product, and this could be said for apples, oranges, kale, you know, you name it yourself, you know, if you have good momentum in your life, right, you're going to get the best results. If you really want a, a great end product, from the time something is, you know, a seed or in this case with cannabis, I'm just using it as contextual, you know, background information. If you have, you know, a healthy cutting clone of the mom plant, you know, and this has to do with like, you know, if you're maintaining um, proper humidity, airflow, temperature, the conditions to keep it at its most prime state and you're keeping it in this, you know, I would say contam free, but also like bug free, you know, you're doing plant maintenance for those of you using avid, please stop using avid. Um, you know, if you're using like natural pesticides, things like that, you know, things like that, then you're going to have a, a plant that hasn't, you know, isn't having to immunologically fight off anything. It's just straight happy. That's the same concept you want to keep in your mushroom grow as well. This goes for lion's mane, goes for cubes, goes for everything. So the idea is you don't want your mycelium having to combat other bacterias or fighting for nutrients. If it's not focused on growing itself, it's taking away from its course of action, then it's slowing it and ultimately just, you know, putting a huge blind side to your culture. Now, if you have like, you know, things like yeast bacteria, it'll grow, it'll grow in your jars and your bags. It'll even colonize, but the end product, you might have like some weird morphology. A lot of the time when you have mushrooms growing in a bacterial environment and they've been having to compete, compete or combat other, you know, microbes and bacterias, the end result's going to look really weird. A lot of you guys may have had this happen, but you'll get, you know, some wonky stuff. And I'll see this on Instagram and people are like, Oh, I just got this new random, you know, phenotype. It's like, no dude, you had three mushrooms grow and they hardly grew. And one of them was, you know, looked like, like Schmeagel from Lord of the Rings, you know, I mean, you might be able to isolate that and get something, but it's probably going to grow the same way it grew in the first place. Um, so moving back, digressing a little bit, all of these things we're going to talk about today are ultimately to help you keep momentum within your grow so that your end product, your, you know, you're maximizing the space and the yield. These are all for momentum. So just keep momentum in, in your mind. 
you know, you don't want to have any days where you have a, a high fluctuation of heat, you know, let's say up in the 70, we're talking Fahrenheit here, 78 degrees for like six hours. And then all of a sudden the next morning you're dropping to like 68. If you have these high fluctuations, you're going to stress out the organism that is the mycelium and it's not going to keep its momentum. So I guess I should start with, let's start with field capacity of your substrate moisture and trying to keep that like, you know, 99% humidity kind of range. I should start by saying I have never, I won't say never. When I first began, I had humidity sensors and my Mar I was using a Martha tent and I was doing, um, CVG or I'm sorry, not CVG BRF brown rice flour cakes. I was inoculating my jars with spore syringes you know, I was super new um, and I had all the gauges I had like a you know like a $30 humidity and temperature gauge in there and I was like really focused on the humidity and you know for like you know that situation it's probably pertinent because you're trying to maintain an environment but if we're talking about like a tub which is almost a self-contained environment bags which are pretty self you know contained environments then ultimately I think you really shouldn't worry about humidity too much because if your substrate is at a proper field capacity, meaning, and what is field capacity? Like you should be able to take a handful of your substrate. It shouldn't be dripping wet. You should be able to give it a pretty, you know, solid squeeze and you should have drops of water coming out. Not a, maybe not a stream, but you should have drops. So it's at proper field capacity. And with that said, if you keep a proper field capacity, you should then be able to not worry about your, your humidity if you have the right temperature in your, in your grow or your environment. So for me, I'm going to use the context of having like a room dedicated. So if you have a room, you should probably, and I find... This is after reading books, watching videos, years of practical application. The sweet spot for, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, for colonization. And we're talking about on agar plates, in bags, your tubs or your, your fruiting bags. The, the happy temperature is going to be 72 to maximum 74 degrees Fahrenheit. Keep in mind within the actual growing environment of your bag or your tub, you're, it's gonna it's gonna hold more heat, hold more moisture, and you're probably gonna have about 75. I'm sorry, about one degree higher. So like in this case, 73 to 75 degrees. I think that if you try to stick and try to keep your room at a, like a 71, 72, lots of airflow, you know, oscillating fans for air movement, you're gonna have a lot of success. And it takes off the variable of having to try and figure out if you need to monitor your uh, moisture, your humidity. So room temp, field capacity, those two things should keep it pretty simple for you. Now, leading to a momentum, let's talk about your grain. I think it's important to realize, you know, what grain you're using. If we're, if we're leading towards maximum, you know, yield and things of that nature, I've tried all the grain at this point, literally. 
I've tried and I started with rye berries, which I like rye berries a lot for nutritional value. On average, they're a little bit more expensive. So maybe for someone starting out, I think like when I first started, I was getting bags um, of this like organic brand off of Amazon. It was something like $50 for, or I could be, I could be lying. Trying to think back like six years. It was like something like $50 for like a 25 pound bag or something like that. It's probably worse now, obviously with like grain shortages and inflation and things of that nature. But, um, and I like rye cause it's how I learned, you know, when I was watching all the pros, you know, who were on YouTube at the time, Willie Maiko, guys like that, you know, I, well, I learned grain tech from Willie Maiko. And then from there, you know, after my practical application running and running, running it, and then also then learning from friends and mentors, what they were doing, kind of developed my own method as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. I got a frog in my throat, I guess, today. So healthy grain. Um, and I, and like I said, I've used every bit of it. I've used rye, which I thought was okay. And you know, if you get it just down, right, it's perfect. But I, what I find end up, ends up happening is like, if you're slightly over moisturized, you end up getting, you know, yeast bacterias, you know, really smelly grain because like rye doesn't, to my knowledge, doesn't have a hole H U L L. It doesn't have that like shell on the outside. So it can, it, you know, basically it can get, you know, soggy, you know, this, and this keep in mind too, like moving into your second flush, third flush, that grain has been sitting in moisturized environment for weeks at a time. So you're more prone, maybe getting bacterias. This is a theory. I could be wrong. So I didn't really like rye. I then moved on to when I found out that tractor supply company had, you know, 50 pound bags of, uh, whole oats for something like 25 bucks, maybe less, maybe about the same now with inflation like that. Like I was saying, I liked oats a lot. Um, you definitely have to, you know, make sure you get a good boil on them for sure so that they hydrate and expand. But what I love about even after the pressure cooking, you know, they do expand a little bit more, but what I love about whole oats is that they have a hole. So not only do they get moisturized during the boil and then the pressure cook, but I feel as if the hole kind of helps to retain some of the moisture, but also protect it from out, you know, any like extra or excess um, exposure to bacteria or things like that. And then right now I'm using, obviously you guys know I'm a huge fan of Michael Alchemy and their grains. They use Milo. Um, they use a red Milo. It's just, it's just the best. I think for, you know, density also for like the amount of biomass that can fit into a three pound bag versus the amount that can fit into like a three pound bag of oats. You're going to have a differential there. There's going to be more biomass that can fit into the three pound bag of oats because of all the smaller, you know, size, um, actual grains. This is really cool because not only do you get, you know, a really high nutritious value from your Milo, but you also get multiple, multiple, multiple points of inoculation, which lends to faster colonization, but more, I would say more of a solid cake. I would say almost more aeration as well. So it helps with, you know, the momentum. We're talking about momentum and maximizing yields today. So now let, let's talk about ratios next. I've, you know, I've heard a lot of you guys, especially on the YouTube comments, 
at this point, it's just like I would need to hire a part time. I don't even first of all, I don't even contribute to and haven't in probably like a year plus to YouTube. You guys know that if you're like an avid, you know, consumer of my content that they were taking down random videos like how to drill holes in a tub. Like, you know, it's just it just baffles me. I might try to go back to YouTube eventually, but I have a Patreon now, which, you know, I have 300 plus people who are, you know, enjoying my content and it's just for them. So I'm like, why do I need that? You know, why do I need to contribute to YouTube if they're going to be just taking my stuff down? You know, obviously I still have all my videos on file and could re-upload them. But at this point, I'm just like, ah, let's just keep charging forward with YouTube or with uh, Patreon. Um, so with that, a lot of you guys ask on YouTube and I still read the comments, but if I were to get back, I would need to hire someone to, to answer all the comments, which it's just, it's just baffling how many, you know, how many comments I can get. And a lot of the questions I get on like the tub talk videos have to do with ratio. And you know, like there was one that said, yeah, but what's the ratio? Cause at the time I was putting, I was, when I was doing tubs, which I guess we can get first or also into, you know, your low tubs versus like high tubs, the 22 quart, you know, or versus the 56 to 64 quarts. I'm in in reference, I'm talking about 56 quart tubs because that's what I was using and had a lot of success with. And then we'll talk a little bit about variables of that as well. But first, before we go any further, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode sponsor is brought to you by MycoAlchemy. MycoAlchemy is a family owned and operated mycology supply business based out of Lake Elsinore, California. The guys over at MycoAlchemy are dedicated to their craft and focused on providing clean, consistent, and quality mycology products ready for pickup or shipped directly to your door. Guys, I haven't poured my own agar, made my own substrate, or pressure sterilized grain in months. Whether you're a beginner or master mycologist, MycoAlchemy's products will save you time, money, and worry. Not only do these guys have excellent, high quality products, but they're also some of my really good friends and mentors. So if you guys wanna utilize some of their products in your grow, you guys can go to myco-alchemy.com. And if you're listening to this ad, you can receive 5% off your next order by using the discount code mycotrophic. Also, you can check them out on their Instagram at mycoalchemy underscore. I know that you'll enjoy their products just like I do. So good growing. Let the guys at mycoalchemy know that mycotrophic sent you. All right, we're back. So before we played our ad here, we were talking about low tubs, high tubs and ratio. Now, when you're picking your tubs, more often than not, you should try to find one that has the very bottom of it is like flat. There's no indentations or, or, um, it's not raised or, um, I, I don't almost said perforated, but like segmented, you don't want it to look like a candy bar on the bottom. You want it to just look flat. This is going to make it a lot easier for your tub, you know, for, for once you've mixed it to settle in and, really start to consolidate and colonize. I like the 56 quart, the Sterilite tubs because they're real simple, real streamlined. They're real basic. After you drill your holes, you know, it's, it's essentially, it's just like, I don't know. It's my favorites, the best ones for me. They do have other ones that are like 64 quart that have the same dimensions. They're just a little taller uh, and they have like lock lids. They're not fully airtight sealed, but they do have a lock lid, which I think is kind of cool. Um, does it matter a little bit? We could talk about that in a second, maybe. 
but the ratio between those two is going to be the same. So at the time when I was doing tubs, I was buying substrate pre-made and or making it. You know, if you guys have watched my how to make substrate video, it's a little, I would say it out, outdated. It's only been about a year or so. Um, and for a long time, I just made it. I didn't really like think about my ratios. I didn't think about teaching anybody. So at the time, and I was, you know, also too, like now the, the way I make my videos is way different. What I'll do is I'll record the video and then I'll do voiceovers of it now. So I can explain what I'm doing as I'm doing it instead of, or I can, I can watch myself doing it and explain what I'm doing and I'm in my mindset during it versus like me doing it and trying to explain at the same time. So sometimes I'm like really good at, you know, verbalizing and articulating what I'm doing at the moment. But <laughs> when you're like, you know, dealing with hot water and you're trying to get the camera, camera angle and all these different things, it's a little tough. So I like the voiceovers a lot better now, especially since I have all this cool podcast equipment. So with ratios and things like that, I was, you know, I was doing like what one, one brick of, and I, I okay. If you want to watch the CVG video, they're there. But at the time, um, I was ordering nine and 10 pound. I was ordering nine pound, uh, bags of substrate and was putting one, three pound bag of grain spawn. So that to me was a one to three ratio. And I was getting really nice, dense, full flushes every time. Of course, there's the occasional little splotch that maybe was a little drier that didn't colonize. It happens. But for the most part, if you guys, you know, and since then, actually, and since like maybe last week, two weeks ago, when I got my page back, my main page, I actually deleted every single video, almost every single video, almost every, every photo of any kind of mushroom on my page just because of, you know, haters and them reporting my photos, things like that. So whatever still post them in my story sometimes you guys can see them in my patreon if you want to watch my harvest videos regardless um i was getting great results and i know you guys can and will too so the ratio i use now is a lot different than what i was doing in tubs obviously um the ratio now i'm doing is a one to two so i'm doing three pound substrate bags from microalchemy and I'm putting and splitting one three pound bag into two different uh, substrate bags. So I'm using 1.5 pounds of sub of spawn to three pounds of, um, of substrate. And I find that it does colonize slightly faster and I'm still getting the same dense canopy you know, like you can, you can rest something heavy on top and the fruiting bodies support whatever you're putting on top. It's really cool. They're real strong. It's real dense. And, um, it's a ratio. It's kind of up to you. I think the one to three is like your bare minimum. And I was getting great results. I think if you're going to add more spawn, you're ultimately going to get, you know, slightly a little bit more mushrooms, but you're going to get, um, it depends on the variety. I was going to say less flushes, but regardless, um, when you're using the low tubs versus high tubs, let's take a step back here. So the low tubs, the 22, or I think they might be 23 quart, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can go and get these like super airtight lock lid ones. There are slightly larger ones. I wish if I could go back, I would have saved some money, but I was ordering these on Amazon and they're maybe like what seven or eight inches tall. There are some that are like 25 or 26 quarts that are slightly taller. 
those are probably the most ideal tub in my opinion. Shout outs to Battlefrog Fungus, another Marine Corps veteran as well, just like myself. He uses those tubs and has amazing results. Um, I was all about the smaller tubs because at one point in time, all I wanted to do was grow squats, all the squatty genetics like Ghost, Steel Mag, I guess you can call one of those. Um, True Albino Milmec, Penis Envy was one of those. I liked, I liked the idea of having, you know, I was able to stack two tubs where one tub was at. I just liked the idea of space and, you know, and better utilizing, you know, um, the, yeah, the space given. The thing is there was a slight differential and we're going to talk about FAE now, free air exchange. Um, and essentially what that means is like the amount of gases that are being exchanged in this case primarily is going to be oxygen and carbon di or yeah co2 carbon dioxide so mushrooms just like humans intake oxygen and output co2 which is really cool fact if you ask me i think that's really cool something like 50 percent of our dna or 60 percent of our dna is closely cl more closely <laughs> related to mushrooms than it is i think primates if that's if i'm not mistaken you know you see these random tiktoks and you go oh wow or like paul stamets will say it and you're like oh wow i am a part i am part mushroom i feel that i totally feel that 600 million years ago apparently we split off from mycelium they metabolize outside of their bodies we metabolize inside of our bodies it's just one of those things i don't know so the differential between the you know, the 56 quart tubs that have, you know, like seven or eight more inches of clearance up top and the low tubs that have like, you know, maybe like, maybe like three or four extra a couple, maybe like two to three actually is that CO2 is going to build a little differently. And how does this, you know, you, you know, how does this tie into maxing your yields? So it kind of has to do with the process of your tubs. So of course you're going to you know mix everything in i like to put the blue painters tape over the the fae holes while it's colonizing this is for a couple reasons it's to help to maintain moisture within the actual tub because if you put micropore tape or if you're using sponges or foam if you're using um what else do people use was it poly polyfill like the stuff that's in you know really cheap pillows i feel like there's a lot of moisture that's exiting you may be having some you know actual exchange of co2 and more oxygen coming in it's filtered but what's also coming out is your moisture your water content so i like to put the painter's tape over the holes and with the 56 quart tubs or the lock lid tubs they're not airtight they still allow for like you know, smaller amounts of along the lining of the tub lid of oxygen and CO2 to be exchanged, but very little moisture to be, you know, to be um, let out. This is important because, and what, how to maximize yields is that if you don't have a lot of moisture, the moisture is actually what the fruiting bodies are pulling as they're growing up. So this is why you have to rehydrate your tubs and whatnot. Um, so imagine if it's like drying out while you're, while it's colonizing, your first flush is going to be really wonky. It's going to be splotchy and you're not going to get, you know, a maximized yield. This is why a lot of the times, you know, people will rehydrate their tub and their second tub or their second flush is like ginormous. 
it's prolific and the people wonder like, well, why couldn't my first one be like this? Well, it's because your shit dried out, dude. So if you try to maintain your moisture content within that first colonization period and then for the first flush, you can get that same prolific flush for a second flush and then again, keeping momentum. Part of the momentum here is keeping it healthy. Keeping healthy is keeping proper field capacity even through colonization, which you do by allowing colonization to happen at a good rate. I find that higher CO2 is okay during mycelial growth, but for fruiting, obviously it's going to need more oxygen. So with that said, what you're going to do is allow your tub to colonize. It's going to take, you know, depends on the variety, of course, let's just say two weeks. And when you get that full colonization and then you start seeing all these little micro particles of water building on the surface of the mycelium, mycelial mat, you know, that's formed on the cake. That right there is when you want to in introduce more free air exchange. This is when you want to take off that painter's tape. This is such a fucking golden nugget. I swear, guys, if you're not doing this, do this. Try it out. I've had many people say, well, I just do, you know, you know, uh, micropore tape and I get the same. Okay, that's cool. It's cool. You can do micropore tape. Maybe do two layers of micropore tape. I'm just known for having in the past some some dang flushes. This is what worked for me. Just sharing what worked for me. So when you get to that full colonization, you see those little micro particles of water building up everywhere on the side of the, of the tub as well. What you're going to do is take off the painter's tape and introduce your polyfill, which it's kind of hard to hone in the polyfill and little micro particles of plastic everywhere is not fun. It's not my thing. I've used this, the sponges before or the, uh, the like, you know, I just, I'm not a fan of that either. I like micro pore tape because it's cheap. It's easy. You can cut off little pieces and honestly, you can probably reuse it as well. Um, but some of you guys know about Micropose. They actually just sent me a shout outs if they're listening. They just sent me this big package. I'm actually going to create an ad for them so I can give you guys a cool offer for them as well. It's really cool stuff. So instead of like having to cut out Micropore tape, they're already pre-cut sticky pieces that you can slap on there. It's a lot easier. So when you get to that point and you're introducing this air exchange, more air is flowing within there to actually create or help um, introduce, I'm sorry, what's the right word? To help promote growth or formation of primordia, which is like the very first forms of the mushrooms. They look like little, little balls, little dots everywhere. Those eventually turn into the fruiting bodies to help those form, you need evaporation of moisture. So if you don't have moisture within the actual con in contained environment, it's going to be really tough for those to, to form. This is why, like, I think a lot of newer growers fail is because they're not maintaining. And this is for lion's mane too. You need proper field capacity of your substrate, oyster mushrooms, you know, all these, right? And if you have proper field capacity, you're going to maintain, pr you know, proper moisture, which is going to allow when once those primordia are forming or to actually form in the first place. And then once they form, they actually have moisture actually draw from your substrate, from your cake to actually form into a fully embodied fruiting body. So I'll, so with the micropore tape, I like it because it's, you know, a, it's a really nice filter, but it allows for, you know, a lot. And I just use one layer. I used to use two, but essentially it's almost like having the blue painters tape over. So I just used one. And it was enough for me to, you know, it was enough for it to work. Now, 
if for some reason you have a higher room temperature, let's say like 74, 75, all that moisture on the outer or inner inner walls of the tub, you never want to spray directly into your tub. You never want to spray directly on. It kind of, I mean, sometimes it because it kind of varies. But if you're sitting here trying to rehydrate the top surface of your substrate or of your of your cake, and it's colonized, you didn't have proper fuel capacity. Next time, do it better. You'll get better results. Essentially, you want to if you're going to be spraying in there, like if it's fully dried up, you're going to have you're going to go into an aerobic, um, if I'm not mistaken, aerobic. Um, environment. You want to try to stay away from that. What you want to do is have more of like a, I guess you can call it anaerobic, right? You want to have airflow obviously, but what you want to have, I might have those backwards. I didn't go to college guys. I just went to the Marine Corps. Okay. I just love to grow mushrooms. <laughs> um, what you can do is spray the inside walls, use like some kind of a misting device, mist the inside walls, give it maybe like two to three fans, one, two, three, four, five, you know, up to maybe like 10, just get, you know, get some air out of there, new oxygen introduced in there. And I don't like tubs for this reason, because who knows what's on the top of your tub. You know, if you're introducing a bunch of bacteria as you're fanning with bags, you don't have to fan, which is fucking great, which is like, takes out so much, takes up so much time and, you know, makes it so much easier. And then, um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the golden nuggets. Those are kind of the sauce. That's the spice. So you guys can have the sauce. I'm sure we can go further into this. If you guys want any more episodes like this, please hit me up on Instagram, send me a message, say, Hey, listen to the podcast. I would love if you could expand on this topic and I'll talk about it. I'm all open to your guys' suggestions. I, I take a lot of your suggestions from Instagram because I'm in this predicament where I have, you know, experienced master growers needing my help. I have you know, new growers who are like, Hey, I just, you know, shot, you know, a whole entire spore syringe into my jar and it's not colonizing. And there's a bunch of green mold. What do I do? I have both spectrums, you know, and this is why I always promote the Patreon because if I can't answer your question, which I have literally you guys on my main Instagram, I have like right now, I think just sitting in my inbox, like 50 unread message requests and they're all asking questions. I don't want to be a dick and just send a, a link to Patreon, but I kind of almost have to do that. I like what I'll usually do is I'll try to give like a really quick answer and then I'll drop a link. You know, if you need more information, Hey, I'm here. This is where you can find me. Mostly this is my community. If I can't answer your questions, you have a whole group of people who are more than willing to help you out as well. So with that said, I hope that cleared up and brought a lot of clarity to and helped you guys to kind of hone in the tub environments for maximizing yields and talked mostly about, you know, FAE momentum, all these things. I know it's going to help. You don't need all the probes. All you need to do is get a $6 thermometer for the room temp. Keep your temperatures 72 maximum 74 degrees Fahrenheit. I recommend the 56 quart tubs. You can use those 26 quart tubs if you can find them. But as far as dialing in tub conditions, just make sure you have proper field capacity and you should be good to go. All right. Well, hey, thanks for listening today. Really appreciate it. Go leave me a five-star review. I would appreciate it. Namaste. Have a good day. Don't contemplate. Meditate. I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. 
Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of the Microtrophic Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed and then you'll join me for the next episode. So make sure to subscribe and to leave us a five-star review. You'll have the chance of being featured on our next episode's first segment of Shoutouts and Reviews. You can also find me on Instagram at Microtrophic Podcast. You can also find me on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash microtrophic. Also, you can join a growing community of 300 plus like-minded individuals on my Patreon at patreon.com slash microtrophic for exclusive content, giveaways, and a community of new and experienced growers sharing growing technique, experience, and just having a sense of community, a safe environment to express yourself. And we're all doing this on our community Patreon Discord server. So until next time, namaste, have a good day, Don't contemplate, meditate. See you on the next one. Peace.